Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 40-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. When it comes to success in network marketing, who better to learn from than leaders who have actually done it? Listen as Richard interviews top leaders and gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how they did it. You'll get incredible tips and duplicable actions you can do right now to build your own four-year career. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's easy-to-use tools that will help propel your network marketing business to the next level at blissbusiness.com. Hey everybody, Richard Bliss Brook here with yet another network marketing hero call. Today, I have the awesome, awesome opportunity of interviewing somebody that totally epitomizes the concept of building in a legacy company. So when you hear her story of building an asset income in network marketing and her story about how her sponsor inspired her by building an asset income. I think your jaw's gonna drop around how long you can build a network marketing opportunity and how long you can earn asset income if you just recognize the only real economic advantage in network marketing is to build income that pays you forever. And if you pick the right company and you build in the right ways, which our guest is gonna talk about today, you too could build it once and get paid forever. So today we have master coordinator from Washington DC in none other than the Shackley Company, which I don't know, uh, Charlene, well first say hi to everybody. Hi, it's good to be with you all. <laughs> Charlene, how long has Shackley been a network marketing company? Well, we started in 1956 officially, so that's a long time. <laughs> that is a long time, right? And I guess that kind of, I was born. <laughs> yeah, it kind of puts it all into perspective. Um, so, is it suffice to say that Shackley is not a ground floor opportunity? <laughs> it isn't, but you know what? It is a heritage opportunity. <laughs> there you go. I like that better. So Charlene, uh, Charlene and her husband, Doug, live in Washington, D.C., and they have built an extraordinary Shackley business over the last 38 years. Yeah, it's been that long. And um, she's going to tell us some fascinating stories about uh, Doug's mom, who also built a Shackley business. And she's going to tell us about how she got started and when she got started and what she was doing in life. And how you go about building a network marketing income that you build once and get paid forever. So Charlene, the first question I'd like to ask uh, our network marketing heroes is, who were you, where were you, and what were you doing before you had ever heard of Shackley or network marketing? That's easy. I was a, in my last year of university studying to be a social worker and realized that I had made a huge mistake in that I thought going into social work, people wanted to change. And then I was doing my internship and it was like, I realized that I couldn't do this every day of my life. Where, you know, someone would come to my office, 
we'd go through the procedures that I was learning and I'd set up this agenda for them to get a job, do whatever. And then they'd come back and it's like, what part of this didn't you get? You don't want to change. And I thought, Ooh, I cannot do this every day. And so unbeknownst to a lot of people, I was already in trouble, like internally saying, I have to grow up. I have to leave university. I have to earn a living and I hate this. What am I going to do? So that was rolling in the back of my head. So I met my, um, husband, Doug, we were students at the same school and we were involved in the same um, church group together. He had started this Bible study that I was a part of and he and I had this relationship where, I mean, I met this guy, he's amazing. And we hit it off knowing that, wow, the potential of us staying together is pretty huge. And, but he'd go out to dinner and take out a handful of vitamins. And I was like, honey, you're going to get in trouble. Like, it looks like you're taking drugs. And it used to bug me. And my mom is a nurse and his mother is a nurse and he came from a Shackley family. Uh, Richard alluded to it a little bit. Doug grew up in the mission field in Puerto Rico and his parents were in the mountains nowhere. And someone had given them a bottle of our cleaning product. And she did not believe in vitamins, but got to a long story, uh, got amazing health results. And so she started thinking maybe this was an opportunity for their family to actually build something to have their kids go to school because Doug grew up living below the poverty level and he didn't know it as a missionary kid. But his parents were worried about how are they going to pay for college. So she actually opened Puerto Rico, Shackley Puerto Rico, by just um, badgering the company to sell them product. So her story was there. So Doug kind of grew up this way, but he saw his mom doing like pills and soap and talking to people and getting interrupted at dinner. And he didn't want anything to do with Shackley, but he took the products. So he challenged me to take the products for 30 days and see if I felt better. And I put him to the test and I said, you know what? Your mother is crazy and she's never going to talk. If we have children, never is she going to put a vitamin down their throats. And so he said, well, just try it for 30 days, which I did. And my life totally changed. So my neighbors and my roommates started saying, what's up with you? It's the classic story. You know, they noticed that I was a Grinch in the afternoon. I didn't know. I didn't know I had all kinds of issues, but the products worked. And so then I was telling them, well, try this stuff. And then I remember when I got my first check, it was $12.50 for referring people. And I thought I had overpaid. And she said, no, 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 that's your referral bonus. And that's when the lights went off. It was like, wait a minute. I refer people to things all the time, movies, books, things I love. And I've never gotten much as a, here's a free dessert. So all of a sudden I'm getting this little check from just a few people that I shared with. And I thought, hmm. So then Again, nobody would share the opportunity with me. They thought I was young and I wasn't interested because I was in school and getting ready to graduate. But for whatever reason, I read the compensation plan and when I read it, it just made sense. And I was just like, wait a minute. If I teach people how to do this and I can duplicate that and I started getting out the numbers, like I'm a kind of a conceptual person. So I got a piece of paper, I couldn't sleep. Like I'm sitting there figuring it out going, if I did that, then that spells freedom for us. And Doug and I were already wanting to get involved in urban ministry and no way to pay for our big visions. So I went to him and I said, I think we need to do this. And he was like, I don't want to do it because he saw what his mom did. And so um, he had an awakening because he went to his first Shackley convention with the big adults instead of the children's conventions. And he saw men doing this professionally. And so for, for the first time, he could see himself in that picture. And we both came together and went, let's do this. So we started our 
January of our last year, and I had 13 hours to spend, but I gave it my all. Those 13 hours, I made it count. And by the time we graduated, I was making enough money. I never have gotten a normal job. So we focused on it for several years and got our income to the spot where we were tithing from our Shackley business what would have been Doug's salary as a minister wow. as that grew. So we grew fast, we grew, we grew in depth, and we can talk about what are some of those principles, because I think if you get the principles right of how to build an organization, it will feed you for the rest of your life. What so, year was that, Charlene? That was 1980. And where, what school were you and Doug attending? <laughs> we were attending a little Mennonite university in northern Indiana called Goshen College. <laughs> Nothing spectacular. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right. So tell us about that. All right. You built fast and you built deep and you built an extraordinary team. How did you do it? What are some of the fundamental things that people need to understand about building wealth in network marketing? I think the principles haven't really changed. To me, I've always narrowed it down to two things, and this is what I teach people, is that to be good at this business, you have to do two things. You need to actually figure out how to manage yourself in respect to time, and then you've got to do this part, because this is a mental business, too. And the rest kind of falls around those two orbits. If you figure out how to manage yourself in respect to how you use your time, then even if you have two hours or seven hours and you use them wisely, you can build an amazing future. So first off, figuring out how to manage yourself so that the important things get done, not the urgent things. So that's one. And then on the other hand, you've got to manage your mental state because you will run into obstacles. You're going to run into people who tell you you're crazy, family members, the whole bit. You're going to run into it. So you, if you take those two things, then whatever is part of your company ethos and structure, as far as what product you sell or the training systems, they kind of fall in place, I believe, if you do those. So what I did was I really did work hard at managing my emotional state, my mental um, framework, how I approached the time that I had, but then I guarded my time very jealously. I still do to this day. Um, I'm, I, I've just learned to be a time Nazi because everybody wants to steal it. So tell us how, how specifically did you manage your time? And then we'll get into how you managed your mind. What are some of the things that you did to stay focused on the important things and tell us what are those important things? Well, I think having a, a real clear understanding of why you're doing something is always the foundation. And so then I kind of did a grid of what it would take for me to go. Very much, like, I wish I would have had the four-year career. You would have made my life so much is easier if I had had that when we started. Because that's really kind of what we taught was, what could you do in a small amount of time, work backwards so that people knew exactly what the game plan was. So you kind of had to frame a picture for people. Then I would get into the mental part about how do you keep yourself in that frame emotionally so that when you get setbacks, you don't get discouraged. So that's the two hand in hand. And then I've always decided that I don't like setting yearly goals. What I do is I work in 90 day chunks and mm -hmm. so I'm always revolving, thinking 90 days ahead. So that was always my strategy. It's like, even today, like um, 
I'm getting ready for September. I know that September's around the corner. So I'm always looking at what am I doing in October, November, and December. And I'm thinking out. Now, I do have the yearly planning where I look at my five-year plan, my 10-year plan, where I'm going and all that stuff so that I know that I'm on course. But the way that I'm always doing it, I think what a lot of people make mistakes with time management is they focus on the day or they focus on the month and they're not necessarily looking in light of what they need to do. And in this business, what I've learned the hard way is that your activity catches up with you in 90-day chunks. Yeah. So. Just because you started something today doesn't mean you're going to get it today, but the seeds that you planted at various stages catch up with you in 90-day chunks. So I started learning to plan in 90-day chunks so that I knew that, like even now, this morning, I was already looking ahead a little bit. I'm cheating because I'm so used to doing this after all these years. So I was looking at some things like, what do I need to be thinking about and planning for so that I've got events going in December? following up in the right things or if I'm taking a, a, a trip that I've got enough things in place that I'm not going to get caught up with it because I haven't thought about it because if you do it in, in thinking like that then it's super easy to go backwards and go 90 day and then I've got that done on a monthly basis I've kind of have my plan in place and then I go backwards and go okay I know what I need to do this week and and each day it's easy I just reference what I worked on once a month and stay on course so it's a a lot more complicated than that I guess it's not more complicated than that um, it just takes practice I have so, I my team to think this way if I'm relatively new and I'm in the build mode and let's say I have an hour a day so seven hours a week maybe I deploy those all on Saturday and maybe I deploy them one hour a day seven days a week what is the critical, important things that I must do in that hour? And what are the things that I'm going to be enticed to do that are going to sabotage my effort? Um, I think that the things that you can get enticed to is doing busy work and thinking that you're doing production. What and is busy work? Taking... Uh, doing Facebook look arounds to see whether or not whoever's posting whatever under the guise of that you're prospecting. I mean, like, give me a break. That, that all you're doing is, is utilizing your time to do something. Now, I'm not against looking around in Facebook, seeing what your friends are doing, if they post something about vacations, to strategize a ways that you can talk to that person about what they're up to. But if you've only got a small amount of time, then you really need to do that doing reach outs of some sort or another. And it's too easy because that's the harder part that we talk ourselves out of. It's too easy to go, well, I just need to learn more. And what I've learned the hard way is that there is no other way to learn in this business than to just go. And so yeah. I'll teach you what I've taught my friends and I've taught my kids and I've taught myself is that nobody thinks about me as much as I do, period. And so what I've learned the hard way is that if I can believe that and teach people that no one's going to believe any, they're not thinking about you, they're thinking about them. So the only way to learn is to just dive in and try it. Like, Spanish, English is not my first language. So when we first started, I would turn things around all the time. I'd get in front of people and say, you're gonna make a million dollars. What I meant was me in Spanish is a thousand. And Doug is cringing going, what did she just say? I'm like, 
people remember that I said 87 million, 87,000? I mean, like they're not going to remember. But if I get caught up on that I said it wrong, then I'm never going to get going. And what people are going to remember is my heart. And so um, I don't know how I got on that rabbit trail. Sorry, because it, it, it's all in, the, in the, the, the way that we talk to ourselves about stuff. Because if you only have a limited amount of time, you got to make sure that you're doing actionable things that actually produce income. And it's too easy to say, well, I'm going to get my files in order or I need to put together a presentation. And I'm not saying you don't need to do those, but they need to be in balance. And so a good chunk of your time is using the 80-20 rule where you're really thinking of the 20% of the time that I do have, what am I going to get the most return and make sure that I'm really getting a good return and keeping numbers. Like if something's not working, um, you need to keep track. If you have very limited time, the best advice is guard it, track it, figure out what you're doing, and then you're going to gain time. Like I only had 13 hours to start this business. Um, that's all I could do. I was running a girl's household. I was in an internship. I was working a job and I was a student. I had 13 hours, period. And so, but I gained that time. So what I did was I gained it and I could give it 18 hours and then I could give it 20. But I'm a little unusual than other people uh, in that I've never done this like full time. I've never given it 35 hours, 40 hours a week. I don't know. Maybe I'd be a real rock star if I did. Um, it just wasn't important to us because we were, we were doing Shackley to do our nonprofit work. So I wanted my time free to be able to give to the causes that were important to me or start other businesses that helped other women in other countries. That's important to me. So um, I never did it 40 hours, but I just I, made sure. I don't know anybody. Charlene, I don't know anybody in the entire industry that does it 40 hours a week. I don't know that there's that much work to do. <laughs> there isn't, but they lie and say they do. Right. So the mental game. So you obviously did a great job of managing the mental game. How did you do that? What are some of your strategies for keeping your attitude straight? Um, I know that when I am getting to, uh, a little like if I'm procrastinating or um, I can just kind of feel this, I don't want to call it depression because it isn't that, but listlessness or I'm restless and I start moving, uh, I start like going down internet rabbit hole or whatever, that it's usually because there's something I haven't been tending to in my soul. And guarding my time for personal development is really important to me. I'm a huge reader, um, but if you're not a reader, you can do audiobooks. And like, I think for me, the saving grace is that when I got started, I bought Tony Robbins tapes and I had him in my back pocket and I listened to his stuff and I changed my thinking about so much by getting mentors. I used to, do you remember the old Earl Nightingale tapes? Did you, did you subscribe to that? Absolutely. <laughs> lead, lead the field and the strangest oh, secret. Yeah. Yep. So I did that. And still to this day, I get up fairly early and I guard my time. Like I have a good hour where I am reading things that fill me um, I am looking at blogs that I respect the people who I'm gaining that information from. Um, but I'm, I'm, I, I listen to stuff. I attend seminars. Um, I really feel like it's important that if I don't take care of my own emotional state, no one's going to do that. And that's my number one job is to make sure that I show up at my best. 
And I'm the only one that can do that. And seasons shift too. Like, you know, there's been times when uh, books have been really important to me and other times it's been a person that's been really important to me. And I have a lot of what I call distance mentors. They don't even know that they're my mentor. I, I absorb everything I can from them. I read their books. I listen to their podcasts. And I'm, they're teaching me all kinds of things. Um, sometimes I'll look at historical fiction or not fiction. I'm not really big into fiction, but I'll like read a biography with just the eye of trying to figure out how can this person mentor me so that I'm always picking up how can I be better, but then how can I inspire somebody else to be better? Because the name of the game in this business is having a group, a family that we're all encouraging each other to show up at our best. And that when we're not, we support each other. And we have a saying in our team that's called grace over guilt. And so, you know, it's okay. Like, Life happens, life gets in the way. I don't know how many people I've got started on a business, they get all excited and then life just slams them. I don't even know why. But what we say is, it's okay, grace over guilt, but when the season changes or what are you gonna do to prepare yourself for this or how can we support you um, when life gets in the way? So but people probably wanna know, who are some of your mentors? Who are some of the people that you, um, study that don't know you're studying them um and who what are some of your favorite books um right now i i love any work that brene brown does i think she's just an amazing person um i, I resonate with her uh another one that i really resonate i've i've led this book study called playing big by tara moore probably eight times I've taken groups of women. I think if I've taken anybody through any book study, it's been that one called Playing Big, and she's excellent of just helping, especially women get unstuck from some of the things that we tend to get stuck on. I probably have taken a good, uh, I'd, I'd say almost 2,000 people through that book. Wow. Uh, because I believe in it. So she, those are two women that come to mind. Um, right now I'm studying everything I can from Scott Young, um, young guy who went through MIT in a year. He, he just came out with a book called Ultra Learning. I've been following his blog kind of from a distance. I don't know if I want to follow in his footsteps of what he does, but I'm always intrigued by people like that who actually do more than uh, what is normal. Um, so he's some, um, obviously I love Anthony Robbins. He will always be near and dear to my heart. Uh, he doesn't know me. Someday I hope to sit at his table and have a meal. Uh, but I can die happily if I don't. <laughs> All right. So here's another uh, train of thought. Uh, you've been in building Shackley uh, for 38 years, but you also took a, you took a hiatus from building Shackley that's longer than most people listening to this have even been in the profession not longer than they've been with their company because they may have been with two or three companies. You took a 14 year hiatus from Shackley where you didn't, you know, go build a competitive company. You just focused on other things and you got paid every month for those 14 years. Tell us about that. Tell us, tell us why you did it. What did you do for those 14 years instead of building Shackley? I know Shackley, like any company that's been around 60 years, has got all kinds of ups and downs, and you've had ownership changes and all kinds of management changes and comp plan changes and product changes and policy changes. And 
you know, top leaders that have come and gone. And so what was that hiatus about? And what happened to your business? That's the most important question. What happened to your business, your revenue, your sales, and your income for those 14 years? It's a good question. And um, here's kind of a little bit of a backdrop. We have always been, our philosophy has always been to build an ethos in our organization that you're building for you and not for me. And so from the very beginning, I caught on that if I wanted to be the star of the movie, I would be chained to this business for forever. So we worked hard at, I don't want to be the star of the movie. I want you to be the star of the movie. And so we were always teaching people, why are you doing this? And from the get-go, I would always say, now just remember, you're in business for yourself, not by yourself, but you're in business for yourself. You're not in business for me. You're not in business so I can go to conventions, so I can get a car. You're in business for you. My job is to help you. So they knew that from the very beginning. And we've kind of created that. We have very little attrition through the years in our business. Um, It's one of the things I'm the most proud of. We have very little customer attrition. I still have people that 36 years later buy from me every month or every other month because they love our Think about that. She has customers, folks, that have been buying every month or every other month for 37 years years that's just amazing that have been with us for 37 years and they haven't you know gone up and down so we're very fortunate in that we don't have a lot of attrition and i think some of that is the dna that we set in place by making sure that the culture was about your why and then my job was to remind them of it when they forget so um so we did build a, a a big business and one of the goals that i had had is that we wanted I think we can say it. I'll try to say it in ways because everybody's compensation plan is differently. But what I wanted was to build enough width, but I had a goal of, we had 14 sales leaders wide and seven of them had each duplicated four times. Wow. So we had a, that was my goal. I just thought if I, that would be my safety net. If I could make sure that half of what we had also duplicated where they got beyond three or four that they did and then they were starting to duplicate then that would be my safety net so we had done that so i will admit that we did that but what happened was um you know companies change and i got bored to be really honest um and my husband and i had built this big house in this executive neighborhood and we were helping people with sabbaticals. It's really our passion is what, what do people do when they're burned out? And my husband's specialty is that, and he works with people in transitions, whether it's a politician who's put in all their money and then they've lost a campaign and they can't figure out what to do, or whether it's a pastor who got just kicked out of their church or a missionary or upheaval or whatever. So we were always hosting people in our home, but it wasn't big enough. So we started people kept coming out of the woodwork from all over that were a, they were studying my husband's model for nonprofit work. And Doug would say, you need a sabbatical. And they'd say, where do I go and how do I pay for it? So we started having a dream of why don't we redirect our Shackley income? And by then we had already gotten the discipline of, you know, we started by giving 10% of our income way back in the beginning and then increasing it by two and increasing it by two with the goal of giving half of our income away. So we were already here at that time. And so it was an easy thing to think about. And so what we decided was we bought a country inn that was 40 acres, 
12,500 square manor house. We put in a conference center, a, a development. We had all these, I had 22 people working for us. Um, it was a big deal. And what we did was we bought it as a place for Sabbath rest and sabbaticals. And so we had bought it with another couple that they were going to run the business side and we were going to run the ministry side. But you know how plans change. We signed on the dotted line and two weeks later, I was now running a country inn. And <laughs> anybody who says that's your dream, I think you're nuts. Like, watch right. too many Bob Newhart shows to think that's fun, because it isn't. And for the first time in my life, I had to work my butt off. I had employees, we were doing renovation projects. I had 22 people on the payroll. I, I opened a wine bar. I mean, I had so much on my plate that and our business was solid. So I wrote to everybody in our organization and I just said, and, and okay, I, I, honest time, I wasn't sure Shackley was gonna survive, to be honest, with, with some of our company changes. And so I was just like, you know what? I can't look somebody in the eye and say, this is a good business opportunity for you when I felt shaky. But I felt like everybody else feels fine, it'll be okay. So what I did was I wrote everybody a letter and said, Use me as the example. I wrote a beautiful story. Here's what we're doing. We're, here's the picture of the inn. Use me over and over again. Here's my upline. This is what they're doing, blah, blah, blah. They're giving to missions. They're doing all this stuff. And it was 16 years. Wow. Yeah. But every month, thank God we're getting paid every month. Because this other thing was not earning money. It was just like this black hole. So I'd get a check, put it over there. Get a check, put it over there. And for the first time, I really appreciated what a network marketing business is all about. I mean, I had appreciated it before, but I really appreciated the low overhead, the low, the only real cost to you to build a network marketing business that's a solid one is your personal development. That's really your cost. Um, you can get by with lots of other things, but it's going to cost you getting better, period. Um, so if that's the cost, that's nothing. Do you know how much we were in debt for this stupid place that we were giving people away? I mean, we had hundreds of people that came through the inn those 23 years we were there, but um, something had to go. And I gave my all to the business side of things, and we started a uh, coaching movement with coaching people through sabbaticals. So we were doing that. Um, just lots of stuff. So, but the good news is I was getting paid. And then all of a sudden one day I'm in my office in Virginia and somebody calls me, we had earned all the trips. Like I, every year they'd say, Hey, welcome to wherever Acapulco or whatever. And I wouldn't go. Cause I'm like, you know what? I'm not working the business and it would be disingenuous for me to show up for a trip when I'm in retirement. So um, I, I was earning stuff, but not taking advantage of it. But somebody called me from our com convention and said, well, uh, our, we got bought by a fabulous young man. And I met him and he asked all of us to sign on the dotted line what our pledge was to help Shackley grow. And I remember going up to him saying, Roger, honestly, I am for you. I've never met somebody as talented as you are in getting this old group of master coordinators wanting to get behind your vision. I'm for you. However, it's a little too late. And I've got this world that's busy around me. And he's so classy. He, he turned to me and he said, Charlene, I know I'll do the right things when I get you back. And I went, I hope you do. But I wasn't going to sign. But I didn't want him to think, you know, I was MIA. I wanted him to know why I wasn't signing. So then about four years after he bought us, um, I got a call and somebody said, hey, they're changing the compensation plan. You're good at that. You better listen. And they had 
I had it simulcast. So I'm in my office going, oh my gosh, they changed that? Wow, okay, they did that? And then I kind of piqued my interest again. And then I found out that not only <laughs> did we be making money all this time, but with the new compensation plan, we came back at the highest, highest rank they ever had <laughs> as presidential master coordinators. And that's the power of this business, guys, because if you build it properly and you build it with grace and you are for people and you help them figure out what's it, what their whys are and just simple systems that they can follow to duplicate, this business works. You got to align yourself with the right product and the right company because for that, I mean, like every month, like I could just call Stacy, our secretary, and say, what was our volume for the month? And she'd tell me, and then I'd say, what was our check? And then she'd tell me, I'd say, okay, we'll shuffle that from there to here. That was the extent of my Shackley work. And I, I, it's kind of laughable now, um, but it, it really does work. I'm not saying that's the smartest thing you should do. Um, I, I'll never do it again. You'll never do a 16 year sabbatical again? No. Right. It's well, once you get good at it, it's not work. It's a lifestyle. And it's like, how could you ignore your team? Um, but I think, you know, the, what's appealing to people is they do want something they can build once and get paid forever. Yeah. I think the distinction is, do you have to drive your business? Do you have to work your business? Or can you coast for three months or six months or a year or 16 years? You can, if you choose to, or maybe somebody gets sick in your family, you or, or a family member, and you have to, yeah. um, that's freedom. Yeah, and it yeah. is freedom, it, but I, I wouldn't recommend it. Like, you know, the, the circumstances were is that I had kind of lost faith in our company, to be honest. Right. I didn't feel like I could represent the compensation plan. And, you know, I'm not a product gal. Um, I love the product, don't get me wrong, but I've always been about the business. That's, you know, that's where my thing is. Like, I can stand on a soapbox and talk to you about the, the opportunity of network marketing. And that's what I lost. So when we got the changes in our new compensation plan, and I believed it again, I jumped back in. So I've been involved again. And, but I'll be honest, it took me about two years to figure out how to do it in the new way. Right. It is, a, it is different than it was 40 years ago. I'm curious about this, Charlene. How many times, let's say beginning in your sabbatical, how many times did you get recruited? Oh, gosh. I get recruited all the time. Prospected by the latest, greatest. We're going to be the next billion dollar. We're going to change the profession. Everybody's joining us. You could make more money in the next year than you've made in your whole career in Shackley. Yep. How often did that happen? And how did you stay on the high road and not be tempted? Yeah, I've gotten recruited a lot. Um, but you know what? For me, it's just been an alignment issue. I just don't feel like, for me personally, I, 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 I don't know everybody's stories and everybody has a different outlook on life and what happens to them. But for me personally, we had gotten such help with our health um, and our family. Our kids have grown up this way. I mean, like I was able to world school our kids, which is a whole different subject because of our, our lifestyle and the way that we've done things that, to me, it felt like if I switched over, 
everybody would always say, oh, and then you can bring your whole team and you're going to start whatever. And I'm looking at them like, you're nuts. Like these people are not loyal to me. That, that, um, and they, if they were, I feel sorry for them. They're right. all thinking adults who've chosen to do this business and they want to stay here and they're not going to switch because I do. And so I would look at it and go to have to start all over again with the hopes that I'd get my team to come with me. It's just not, it's a pipe dream. It, it, I mean, everybody who I've known has really switched over. Maybe a few people have come with them, but they've had to start over. And yeah. I just never been tempted by that. One of the most hysterical pieces of somebody's resume is when I hear somebody announced as built to the top of the comp plan in five different companies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure you did. And where are they? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you keep building to the top of the comp plan? <laughs> yeah. That's sad. And so Charlene, as we wrap this people. up, I just want to say that I'm, young, I'm grateful that I was young. I was in my 20s, um, and I've grown up in this industry. I'm, I turned 60 this year, and what I realized is that without this, I'm not sure who, what kind of person I'd be. And, the, you know, when we, you hear people say that a network marketing is the best personal development course you'll ever take, it really is true. And the thing is, is that once you get past a few things, life becomes easier and the things that you used to think are so difficult really are not but there's so many people cheering you on and helping you this is the best business to find a group of people who are motivated to make sure that you are the best you can be and i don't know of any other company or industry where you can say that you can find alliances with people who aren't even in your business or in your own team that we help each other become the best we can be it is, there's nothing like it. Yeah. Where else can you start an income opportunity? I won't even call it a business because it's not really. Where else can you launch into an income opportunity for, I don't know, maybe 500 bucks and get mentored for free by multiple people that are multimillionaires? in your exact same income opportunity. No place. Yeah, that's really powerful. Yeah. So um, as we wrap this up, Charlene, really, you are so chock full of wisdom. Um, where's your podcast and where's your book? <laughs> huh? <laughs> um. I have a blog, but I'm not very good at it. Um, it's one of the things that I really want to grow on this year is to just be more consistent with things that I'm thinking about. But to, yeah, my time right now, besides from the time that I'm spending on Shackley, I have a passion project that I'm doing. And that's that I have been for the last decade working with women in developing nations, getting their crafts to market. So you'll probably see several of them behind me. And that's really important to me is employing women in disadvantaged countries. So um, the time that I could write a book or do a blog, I really spend on business development, helping women um, get their product to market. And so this year I'm actually launching my own brand and doing that in the fall with a whole line of women sewing around the world because I just want to employ women. I saw, I, you showed me a website that had some beautiful stuff on it. What is that website? It's called Kilometer 66, but it's parked right now. But um, 
If you look for it, it's spelled kilometer, yes, not miles, kilometer 66. And we'll be launching in, in October with a whole new line for Christmas products. But I'm really proud of it because it's the skills that I learned in this industry that A, have allowed me to do that. For the last decade or so, I help women get their businesses in line and then get their production ready to do it. I just decided that I was tired of uh, networking with design friends of mine because I'm really into textiles and then I would I would network them and then they wouldn't keep these women employed so we've decided to do our own line of children's clothes and children's products and stuff that we're doing so I'm super excited about it so that's where a lot of my um, my passion comes from but the great news is is that I'm spending about 18 hours a week right now in building my business because I'm in an upswing. I am regenerating, not regenerating, but you know, I just have some challenges that I personally want to do. So I'm putting in about 18 hours, which for me, putting 18 hours is probably somebody's 30. But um, I'm, that's what I'm dedicating to that. And then the rest of my time is going towards Kilometer 66 and launching that. Um, and I'm privileged to be able to do that and help women in Laos and Cambodia and Thailand. I'm working in Africa, just some other countries, um, Central America, just make sure that they have the opportunity because they don't have a network business um, in these small rural villages where their women are vulnerable and their girls are vulnerable. And I just want to make sure that I can do my part to make sure that um, I can help them economically any way I can. So you are such a uh, tremendous ambassador. <laughs> you know, when I interview people like you, Charlene, I reflect on the people who like to write articles. A couple of them came out recently in a couple of the magazines about how network marketing doesn't work and it takes advantage of people and most people don't succeed. And of course, that's true. Most people don't succeed. <clears throat> but then when I listen to your story, it's just, um, I think, gosh, they obviously haven't interviewed Charlene Pike, <laughs> or it would be hard for them to write that article, for sure. You are uh, an extraordinary gift to the network marketing profession. You are a Shackley treasure, which I know they appreciate immensely. And um, you are, I'm proud to say, a good friend and a colleague and somebody that is a great inspiration to me. So thank you so much for participating in the Network Marketing Hero Call interview. I want to ask you one last question. Okay. Um, you know, people may be listening to this uh, when it's first launched, but more likely somebody's going to be listening to this a year after this interview or five years after this interview. And we tend to think, oh, okay, people are going to be listening to it in the United States. But the truth is people are going to listen to this all over the world. And most of the people that listen to this are not going to be network marketing rock stars. They're going to be struggling. And the number one thing, as you know, Charlene, that they're going to struggle with is their belief, their personal internal conversation about, can I do this? Will people listen to me? Can I find the right people to talk to? Can I say the right things? Can I actually pull it off? And can I do it in a way that makes my life better and not worse? So if you had a minute to tell one of those people five years from now, 5,000 miles away, 
what would you tell her or him? It's a great question. It's a beautiful question. Um, I think what I would say more than anything is that you're the only one who can make decisions about um, how people around you affect you. Like you can choose to take it in or not. And so if, if you're feeling discouraged, all it takes is a support system of one other person. So first start with finding somebody who has similar values that you do, similar goals that you do, because a triple braided cord is really strong. So if you find that, I think that when people struggle, sometimes they're too isolated. And so we're living in a world where you can find support. And I would tell you, make sure that you have that. Because one of the mysteries of life is that when you're up, somebody else is down and you can help carry them along the way. So if you're struggling, start there. And then the other thing is, is that I think people smell fear. And I think people are aware that when you are desperate, they feel it. So that's where the personal development comes in to make sure that you are caring more about other people than worrying about your outcome and your results. And if you really care about people and you want what's best for them, find a good product. No network marketing business is going to be successful without selling something that you like. And so if you care about somebody more than you care about yourself and you can put yourself there instead of the fear of what are they going to think about me? I'm not going to, I can't do this. And just think about what they can benefit from. And then if they say no, it's really a gift. Like every time someone tells me no, I think of it as a gift. And it's like, and here's the way I look at it. Thank you for telling me no, because I have only so much space. It's like you have a big vat with water in it. And it can only hold so much. So if you're holding space for someone who told you no, they're taking up oxygen. They're taking up space from someone who's looking for you as the answer. And so when someone tells me it's not for them, I don't say it to their face like, well, thank you, hallelujah. What I say in my mind is, thank you for that gift. You told me no, because now I have more room to give this gift to someone who's looking for it. I just have to find where they are. And so those are the where you work. That's where this comes in, where you have to manage it to switch it around from a negative to it's a gift when someone says no to you. So I would focus on those two things and then it'll come together for you. I just know it. This business works. Um, it, it isn't a complicated industry. It's not complicated. It's caring and, and then it's managing your own motions. And then whatever time you've got, guard it. Make sure that you're doing the right things with your time. Because if you're not, um, it, it, that's where I think people get off track. So that's the, the, the advice I'd give you five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now. Those are the principles that I don't think will ever change in this business. Yeah, principles don't. Charlene Fike, what an extraordinary gift you are to our listeners. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been an honor. You're one of my heroes. I've learned so much from you. I've stalked you as a mentor through the years. I remember uh, a pirated copy of the four-year career. I don't know how long ago that I got. <laughs> pirated? <laughs> it was a PDF someone gave me way back when. So it's been an honor. You're, a, you're someone who I really admire. You and Kimmy um, highly admire as people with integrity in this industry. So it's been an honor to have this conversation together with you. Thank you, Charlene. 
Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for Hero Call number 109. Stay tuned in a couple of weeks for 110. That's 109 network marketing professionals building legitimate ethical legacy companies that have built asset income. And gosh, I can think of no better thing to study than their stories over and over and over again. This is one from Charlene you could listen to 20 times and you'd hear something new and different every time, right? Thank you, Charlene. Thank you, listeners. Until next week, Richard Brooke, remember, the work is worth it. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks' Network Marketing Heroes podcast. If you are inspired and are ready to create your own success story, then it is time to take advantage of some of the top network marketing tools available. Pick up the top recruiting tool that has prospects saying, yes, the four-year career and the four-year career for women. Get your mindset right. Without a clear vision, success is lost. Check out the best-selling book on vision, Mach 2 with your hair on fire. Learn to think like a successful person with this step-by-step -step guide on how to break through your self-imposed limitations. Mach 2 Vision Training is a 90-minute four-part video training where you get Richard to walk you through crafting your vision. It's a must for anyone looking to step outside the box and hit the ground running. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles. This success story is not typical. It is meant to inspire you and show you what's possible. It is not what you should expect to accomplish. Your income will depend entirely on you, your commitment, your work ethic, your leadership, and your ability to acquire customers and inspire sales leaders to join your team. Most people who start off intending to build a sales team do not maintain their motivation to continue.